So where do you want to start, Rob? Where should we start today? I mean, we've, there's, we've had a bit of a dearth of things to talk about recently, but I think we've got a lot of potential. I think we've got a lot of potential topics today. Yeah, should we should we start with what I just mentioned before we start yeah, recording? You you, I've, you, I've gone down the rabbit hole of uh, comics. You went through a, down a rabbit hole of comics, and you dropped a uh, you dropped a comic book bomb on me. Yeah, I um, I ended up I I bought uh, I I bid on an auction for like fourteen issues of the the Back to the Future series of comics, um, and uh, yeah, so I, I kind of just bought those on a whim, and now I'm down the rabbit hole of oh, how do I get all the other ones? Like, what's the best way of getting them? Should I go on eBay or you know an online comic book store or something like that? So yeah, this is a rabbit hole I probably shouldn't have gone down. So we're talking about physical paper products that come in the mail as opposed to something digital right which is a little different for us uh yeah yeah physical um you know actual printed on dead trees all right comics no that's cool (laughs) i you know i like comics i don't spend enough time with comics i i aspire to enjoying comic books and then i will once in a while something catches my eye i will buy it and then a lot of times it'll just sit there um but i wasn't aware that there were back to the future comics so these how long? How, what kind of vintage are these? How how long ago did this series come out? Uh, so it's, it's still ongoing. Um, it's it's been a couple of years. I think I think the first one came out in like two thousand and fifteen. Right. Um, well, I guess it, that's nearly three years now. Um, but yeah, that it, it seems. Basically, I was reading about Back to the Future, looking up something, and I was like, "Oh, there's a comic book series. I didn't know this." <laughs> and um, <laughs> and and I think like the first few go into like it's basically the same as the movies, and then there's a bunch of kind of mini series and like backstory for various different things, like how Marty met Doc and um, it's, it's kind of stuff like that. Um, you know, it's a lot of like backstory and things like that, but it's written by the guy who's or one of the guys who wrote the movies as well. So that sounds that sounds really cool. I have I guess I have one observation. And one question for you. And the observation is, how did you not know about this? I mean, I guess that's a question. <laughs> I mean, how, <laughs> how did you not know about this? If I had a question about Back to the Future, the first person I would probably ask would be Rob Lewis. Yes. Uh, um, I, t- to be honest, I don't even know. I'm not, I'm not sure how I ended up not knowing about these. It's hard to, it's hard to know how you know, not know something, right? Yeah, I I kind of I found out about them and within like twenty minutes I spent a fair bit of money on eBay right. buying. Some. All right, well you, that's redeeming <laughs> yourself. And and the second question is, have you told Mike Hurley? I haven't. Okay, not yet. I, I have a feeling that this is something that this is a rabbit hole. You might be able to suck him down as well. Yeah. He's. Uh, yeah, I wonder if Mike knows about. I don't know. Maybe he does. He, He's it, never mentioned. If, it. if you're not gonna, if you weren't gonna ask me, you'd ask Mike. Um, yeah, that is true. <laughs> Interesting. All right, so you've so you got the first seven on eBay, and mm-hmm. uh, where do you stand? I mean, do you just have the seven now, or are you kind of plotting the rest of the issues, or where does it stand at the moment? Yeah, so that the the first seven turned up today, or that you know one to seven turned up. Right. And I, I've actually got two of of every issue from one to seven, but they're the alternate covers. Oh, um, okay. That's what this auction was. Um, yeah, and then as soon as they turned up, uh, I ordered another five more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. How many issues are there uh, in the series right now? Do you know? So there, there's there's 25 in the main story, okay. and then there's three 
mini series that are like five issues each. Oh, you've got some work to do. Yeah, it's, it's um, money to spend. I, I need to kind of go slowly, so I'm not spending all of my money straight away. Well, that's true. Well, it takes a while to read them too. I mean, you know, you, you don't want to. You just don't want to do that all in one go necessarily. No, and you know, I'm I'm pretty patient when it comes to finding like it's kind of not, it's not that old, but it's like it's not e- readily available. Um, I'm pretty patient when it comes to just watching eBay searches and looking at new listings and things like that, waiting for, you know, the right auction or or, or whatever it is I'm specifically looking for. So it's not out in like a trade paperback or something like that, or do you just want to have the original, the original issues? Uh, I, I don't mind. Um, it kind of this auction, the first auction I got was just because it was a decent price for, for the amount I got. Um, depending on how easy it is to pick up the other ones, I may just get the trade paperbacks. Um, but it will really just depend what what shows up on eBay. All right. Well, that's good. I mean, it's it's. I'll have to check this out at some point. I I like. I'm not. I can't say that I'm a, the level fan that you or Mike are with Back to the Future, but I do love it, and it might be a fun comic book to read. Yeah, like I say, there there is like I say, there's there's trade paperbacks to to cover all of the issues that are right. out. Um, I think Amazon have a lot of the trade paperbacks. Um. But the price to buy the individual ones or the trade paperback is about the same. Hmm. Um, so, or it certainly is from what I've seen at the moment. So I'm, I'm quite happy just buying individual ones as it is. All right, that sounds good. So, Rob, what the hell is going on with Twitter? Uh, they don't care about the Mac or their platform or understand what it's for or who uses it. <laughs> yeah, <Is> that <laughs> perhaps, perhaps does that pretty much cover it? I think it's symptomatic of like a larger issue. But I mean, first of all. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not terribly troubled by the fact that there's not an official client for the Mac anymore of Twitter. Because as far as I was concerned, there wasn't one to begin with, because it wasn't very good. Uh, yeah, right. So in, in a sense, you know, that app was so abandoned that you know, almost thank you for ta- putting a you know a nail a, the final nail in that coffin. On the other hand, it's symptomatic of I think something that's going on with Mac software, which is really. I don't know. I've really been feeling it lately because, you know, my other show that I do with Federico, App Stories, we talk about things like RSS. And we go and we look and we see <laughs> what apps are we going to talk about on iOS and the Mac. And I go to the Mac and I'm like, oh, well, here's a couple things we can talk about, Federico. I mean, it's there are a lot of really high quality, great Mac apps still, but the number of them is dwindling. And the number of apps that are relying on technologies like Electron, which I personally don't like, uh, is is increasing, and I think it's a problem. And and you know Twitter turning its back on the Mac and saying go use the web, even when I think Jack Dorsey's reply to Gruber said it all. He, oh, this was amazing. He said our web interface isn't that bad. It's like oh. All right, that's like a really resounding endorsement from the CEO of Twitter. It's not that bad. All right, Mac people, it's not that bad. Go on the web. It's kind of, it, to me that's that's kind of it's a terrible attitude and it really bothers me as a Mac user, but I'm seeing more and more things come my way that are electron cross-platform web app type stuff and it can be done well for that type of app but it's still 
it's lacking from a native standpoint. And I think that Mac users are still, by and large, better served with a native solution for most types of apps. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, th- th- there's nothing more obvious, really. Th- the biggest example I can think of is the difference between uh, Sublime Text and uh, Atom. By yeah, GitHub. exactly. Um, you know, Sublime Text is amazing. It's really fast. It, it you know, it, it starts up really quickly. It stays fast. It can handle, you know, 10, 30, 50,000 line files. Atom, on the other hand, <laughs> takes about five seconds to start up, and it cannot handle those massive files. Right. Um, and that's why I keep coming back to Sublime Text, even if it's not updated as much as the other editors. Right, or BB Edit is another example of that. It can handle these in- enormous files really easily. Um, you know, I, people send me like links to task managers a lot. Go figure. And <laughs> is there a lot of task managers? Oh, uh, I... <laughs> there are a lot of task managers. And I and I go and I look at the website and I and I look. I go to the download page and it's like, oh, works on works on on the Mac, works on Windows, works on Linux, Android and iOS coming soon. Oh, I know what this is. <laughs> Mm. I download it. I inspect the package contents and contents, and there it is. It's it's an Electron app because that is a pretty easy thing to do as a web app is to you know check boxes and indentation and basic text stuff. You know it's 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 pretty straightforward, and I, it's just not it's just not what I want. And I feel on some level like I'm swimming upstream these days, and that maybe I've just got to get with the program and buckle down and use web apps. But for the time being, 2018 is the year of rejecting Electron apps for me. I mean, I, I'm going to still use <laughs> I'm going to still use Slack because I need to because that's what Mac Stories runs on and it's, it has its benefits even though it's not a great app, especially on the Mac. And I'm still using Trello, which I think is Electron or something similar on the Mac. Yeah, I think yeah, it is. But beyond those two, I've gotten away from as many as i possibly can yeah i th- i think the thing that perhaps that perhaps we're not mentioning here is that you know take the example of, of slack um you know they they build their app it works on windows mac linux whatever they, you basically get the same experience if you open it in a browser it, it really doesn't make a lot of difference but clearly i mean slack is a weird one because in general, like you as the user, you or me using it, it's not it's not our decision to use it. Like, you know, for me, I use it because that's what we use at work, so it's kind of not my choice. Like, the people that are, are paying for the likes of Slack, which likely most of the time is kind of businesses and things like that, they don't care. Right. You know, the, the people making the decisions there don't care that maybe it doesn't run very nice on the Mac or on Windows or it uses all the RAM or whatever, like... There's kind of a disconnect between the people that dislike it and the people who decide who who whether they're going to use it or not. Yeah, that's inter- That's a good. That's a very good point, and I think that's very true with a lot of these. Um, and you would you would expect that maybe we wouldn't use it at Mac Stories, right? As a result of that, but we do, and I think the reason primarily is that it the service is so much better and the implementation on the platform that we're willing to tolerate it. And that's pretty rare. I mean, I think Slack gets skates by on on Electron because of that. But 
if something new and shiny and better comes along, I think that's going to become a liability for them. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, you're totally right. Like, I think something else could come along. Like, Dropbox sent out a survey this week that kind of hinted at maybe that's what they're doing. Mm. Um, but I think, like, like Slack, like a lot of services, like the the reason they're kind of quote unquote winning is all their integrations. You know, you've got Zapier, yes. IFTTT, you've got all of the integrations that are inside of Slack, and it's it's very easy for developers. Like, you know, we we do this at work. We from some of our web apps and things like that, we will send messages to Slack, like when when something deploys or you know when there's an issue, things like that. All these integrations, yes. I don't think it's going to be that easy for another service to come along, say like Dropbox. They could create a chat app and it could be just as good as Slack. But if it hasn't got all those integrations and the ease of integration, it's not going to make any difference. Right. Well, and that's exactly what we do too. I mean, we have a lot of very custom stuff that is just built for us. You know, things like assigning out story assignments to people. Um, we have that built into Slack now and and so there's there's a lock-in effect with that too, right? I mean, whether you're using third-party integrations like GitHub or, I don't know, Trello or whatever they happen to be, to just name a couple that we use, but we also have custom stuff and, you know, money went into that. So, uh, you know, for the time being, we're still on it. And, and I think that helps lock us in. But I still doesn't mean I like Electron anymore. <laughs> it, 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 it just, it grinds my Mac to its knees. And I have a pretty good Mac Pro. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just, it slows everything down. And those days when I'm working, you know, Friday morning is just all about pain because I have I have uh, Slack open because I'm talking with Federico and Ryan about the newsletter. And I have Trello open because Trello is where we organize each issue of uh, Mac Stories Weekly. And then I have the web open and I'm using MailChimp's web app because they don't have any kind of native integration and I'm in a world of pain <laughs> and it's it's uh I just, I hate that yeah I I, I totally like, like you say the 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 electron app usage and you combine that for me with the likes of PHP storm which is like a java cross platform app which is nearly as bad oh, as electron yeah. um yeah. you know between those two I I and and of course chrome as well you know I've got a bunch of tabs open and things like that like all my ram is gone yes um but you know that's fine. That's the cost of doing my job, isn't it? It's, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but like back to actually kind of Twitter, you know, canceling their Mac app or you know uh, sunsetting it, should we yes. say? Because um, we kind of got into Electron, which is fine. <laughs> but um, I, I do that. I do that too often now. I'm sorry. <laughs> the year of 2018 is when John complains about Electron. Brilliant. I'll, uh, I'll, if you got a website or something or a sticker, I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I think it it kind of signs towards the fact that you know services like Twitter and Facebook and even Slack to a certain extent, everybody's doing this stuff on mobile. And I think you know the likes of me and you going, oh, why are there no Mac apps? Why are all the Mac apps bad? We're in the minority. Oh, that's true. These companies don't care. You know, we're we're such a small minority at this point. Most people are most people that the majority of people I think are just doing things on their phone or their iPad. You know, for a lot of people, those are their only computers. They they don't have a traditional computer like a laptop or a desktop or something like that. So I I can see why 
Twitter have done this, but at the same time, it's kind of frustrating for the likes of me and you. Yeah, well, that, that's a fair point. But, you know, the other thing is, I think it's super short-sighted because the likes of you and me have things that we do on the Mac because we can only do them on a Mac. And maybe that's not going to stay the same, but you're not going to be able to use, you can't currently use Xcode on any kind of mobile platform. You can't use Final Cut. You can't use Logic, although I understand that there are iOS alternatives to that. There are a lot of things that you can't do on mobile that you need a Mac. And for me, the very most valuable apps that I have, the ones that I am least likely to switch from, are the ones that have a component on iOS and on the Mac. Things like Ulysses, for instance. Mm. Locked, totally locked into Ulysses. I love Ulysses, and <laughs> it works so well and is so similar on both platforms that I have no reason to look around at the moment. I've looked around a lot lately on things like email, task managers, two big ones, and, you know, if something isn't available on both platforms, it really isn't something that I look at. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, I'm fairly renowned for not wanting to do anything on my phone, <laughs> um, and, you know, certainly not on an iPad. Um, but I, I still need, you know, whatever it is, as you say, task manager or something right. like that. I still need access to that on my phone. I mean, this is why I use the built-in notes and I use built-in reminders. Um, because for what I need, they do the job um, and they always sync. They're exactly the same pretty much on the Mac and on iOS because, let's be honest, the Mac apps are a little bit lacking. Yep. Um, yep. Certainly when it comes to reminders. But, you know, I, I, I just, even though I don't necessarily want to do things on my phone, sometimes I just don't have access to my Mac if I'm out and about. So I really do need that kind of stuff. Yep. But, um, but yeah, like you say, it's, it's kind of hard, I think, for any new service or app to launch now because they need to have some kind of desktop app plus the mobile app and that's got to be for iphone and ipad or you know need an android component if you really want to like open the market up yep. and it, it's it must be very very hard to try and launch something like this well it, it is and there's no doubt that that's one of the things that makes being an independent developer much harder today than it was maybe you know five to eight years ago uh, you know, if you came up at the beginning of the iOS app store, um, it's a very different market than it is than it was back then. And being the need to both not only support, you know, desktop and mobile, but to support a, the watch and the iPad and, you know, everything is really is really, really hard. And that's why I think that you it's, it's harder. You see fewer and fewer of the one to three person shop uh indie developers than you used to uh right let's cut the uh the rant about electron and uh apps and all of that kind of stuff <laughs> i think we uh, you 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 keep you keep that in oh i'll keep it in don't you all right <laughs> let's uh let's draw a line under that there i think sounds um, good <laughs> let's uh yeah let's let's wrap it up for this week um show notes are roommatepodcast.com still don't know what number we're on but yeah. uh, <laughs> i seem to be doing that every episode now but never mind <laughs> uh yeah so those will be there um i'm on twitter rmnoshuk john's on twitter at john Voorhees. yes uh and we'll be back in a couple of weeks <laughs>